Welcome back to another episode of Church is Stupid. Come about. I'm Ruth. I'm Andy. I'm Elijah. <laughs> Very lackluster today. It's kind of our, kind of our energy levels is yep. where it's at. We're, we're all a little tired today. There's a, a toddler who is keeping Elijah up. I should say both of us, but I slept soundly through that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then a puppy keeping Andy up. and that, that would be our toddler, by the way, not just a just, toddler. Not just a random yeah. toddler. There was just like a toddler. <laughs> he broke into your house. Screaming around the house. Lily like. decided to wake up very early today. So you'll have to uh, bear with us today as we <laughs> do whatever we do. Oh, yeah, as we enjoy <laughs> our time thoroughly. Um, and today we're going to be talking very specifically about the church and hypocrisy. And hypocrisy. this is... A- Wait, I don't know how well that picked up on the microphone, but if it picked up well, I'm turning that into a sound bite. That's <laughs> we're just going to randomly hypocrisy. be playing... Hypocrisy! <laughs> It does come up quite often on this podcast. <laughs> um, and hypocrisy, just the idea that you say or preach one thing and then your life does not reflect that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true on both a personal level and on an institutional level. Um, and it's something that was really, really, again, dear to my heart. I think I say that every week because I really... Everything I, that we talk about is dear to your heart. Yeah. It's true. This This whole podcast is like literally a reflection of my heart i guess <laughs> because <laughs> we the, i i feel so bad like i feel for the church and for the gospels and and wanting to make things better and so when i went into ministry i the reason i went into ministry was essentially because of the complacent and the hypocritical church um because i it, it, as they say you're most passionate about the thing that you're most convicted about and it's my biggest fear to be living a life of hypocrisy and living a life of, um, you know, complacency. And so, therefore, I become very passionate about it. Yeah. But I think hypocrisy is something we've all encountered at, at one time or another. My favorite example is, like, kids' first experience with, like, being lied to by their parents or something. <laughs> Where they're like, you can't lie, but Santa Claus isn't real. Please, if you have children listening, Sorry. <laughs> Too, it's too it's too late um <laughs> two minutes too late right there gosh darn uh but you know it's a very silly kind of example but essentially that concept um and it's kind of very pointed this week uh as we have seen the news yet again of another prominent christian figure at least i would say relatively prominent christian figure who was arrested for some very serious charges um and yeah, I feel like it happens a lot now, but we had yet another one happen this week. Uh, you're giving me the eyebrow raise. I definitely wasn't fully paying attention because I'm like reading this thing about hypocrisy and like in the Bible kind of thing. So I have no idea what we were talking about. It's okay. I said it's an appropriate topic for this week because there was a prominent figure who, um, a Christian figure, relatively prominent, who was just arrested on some very serious charges uh, within the past week. And I won't name names <laughs> probably on this podcast. I wouldn't recognize it if you did, so <laughs> that's my not. fault. Um, but that's not the first or even the second or the billion. I mean, we talked about that with church leadership, that, that that's something that's very common mm-hmm. uh, to, to see happen. And so, yeah, I think it's something that turns people away from church <laughs> quite a lot. You, you, yeah. You laugh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. 
I can't really talk about crap. I might need to cut this. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Um, I was gonna say I can't really talk about. Are we not talking about what actually happened with the guy? That you, you can talk about it. I don't care. You brought it up in a way that like it wasn't. We're avoiding his name. Is that what it was? But not what he did. You didn't say what he did. So it's true. I was sort of like yeah contemplating whether or not I wanted to put another trigger warning on. So I guess sure we will. If you have uh, experienced any uh, forms of or if anything in regards to abuse or or um, sensitive conversations like that, if that is something that would cause you harm to listen to we just advise that you prepare yourself because we are going to be talking about some sensitive topics and if that is something you can't listen to feel free to turn us off and listen another week i'm Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry uh so this particular christian figure was caught not for the first time um and arrested on charges of child pornography including a child under the age of 12 Yep, um, and this is not the first time that this person has been in trouble. They were in trouble for uh, molesting their siblings um, a while back, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it's quite an quite an ordeal, obviously, and it's just I don't know. It just made the topic feel like it was a little bit apt this particular week, as we look at yet another christian figure who has fallen mm-hmm. and i i know specifically i don't have like anything to pull from but um the the phrase practice what you preach mm-hmm. very much so comes to mind when like looking at this kind of a thing because we see the absence of people like actually practicing what they mm-hmm. preach a lot of times when it comes to um like n- not even just the christian faith but like it, it just in that sense there is this um like oh I'm the one preaching the message, but it doesn't apply to me or Mm -hmm. other things like that, that you sometimes see, which very much so do come across as hypocritical. Mm -hmm. Um, the the thing that I was reading on here when I wasn't paying attention very well, um, was the amount of times hypocrisy, um, appears in the Bible Mm -hmm. and it appears a total of 17 times, Mm. most of which are in Matthew, some in Mark, (laughs) some in Luke which I find entirely interesting that they are all in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And they're all Jesus coming, calling out hypocrisy. Actually, I'm, I don't know for sure that they're all Jesus calling out hypocrisy. But the next example that it gives is Jesus calling out hypocrisy, mm-hmm. which, you know, Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John really attached to. So yeah. it makes sense to put mm-hmm. that there. But it is like... I hate the word hypocrite or hypocrites. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it properly. Hypocrites? Hypocrites. Yep. You know, yep. I'm <laughs> stupid. Um, well, no, no, no. It's just whenever I read it. No, no, I, it's I get fair. it. It's I have fair. like dyslexia. And so it's like, when I come across it, it's like, it looks like it's pronounced hypocrites. Hypocrites sounds like, yeah, like, like a region or something. At that point. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's you hypocrites. It's an actual calling out of yeah. hypocrites. Mm-hmm. It's not like understanding the background hypocrisies that go on inside of the church. It is Jesus out of his way calling out the hypocrites of the church, mm-hmm. which is like what we're called to do. And we don't do it so often. 100%. De- definitely uh, don't see enough 
calling out, I would say, amongst mm-hmm. the like the uh, the people who are higher up and well known within the church, uh, especially when it comes to calling out other people who are also on high higher levels who mm-hmm. who have a lot of influence over people uh, who yeah who who show through their who, who yeah who say 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 one thing especially in a ways that are like telling you know their congregation the way they need to live and things that they need to do who then go about their lives and uh, and not not only just like do the opposite of what they say but do things that are harmful and you know against what they claim you're just like supposed to not do well i think it's interesting because on on that level i i think that's right i think there's a this almost this amongst leadership it's they're they're perfect not in all cases but like that sort of perception of like Mm -hmm. okay this person is they can't be doing anything wrong but then as we get into like people who are not in leadership there's a lot of calling out for very bad things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not like, I feel like people are really willing to call out strangers for all the things they're doing wrong, but they're not willing to call out like friends or people. I think we need to make a distinction there because I think there's a distinct lack of calling out and a lot of gossiping. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, there's a, fair. there's a major difference because yeah. you see, you don't see Jesus talking to the other 12 disciples about, um, oh gosh, what Pharisees about Pharisees preaching. Well, he may have also talked to them, but like, he's actually there calling out the Pharisees for being hypocrites. He's there calling out Kings for being hypocrites. Yeah. yeah. He's there like actually calling out the people of power. And I think a lot of that dwindles down now to fear, which is like an emotion that has taken over a lot of our lives. Hmm. Um, and I know that that like spins us down another rabbit hole of whatever, but um, I would almost say too. I think a lot of people may not. I think I think you're right about the idea of of fear being a reason um, why a lot of those things go unsaid. But uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of other people might not even necessarily feel afraid, maybe of like people who they know are like above them who are being hypocritical as much as they are, as much as they feel like powerless sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know a lot of people in, 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 in and outside of the church who just feel like, you know, calling out, calling out people in leadership for being hypocritical, just like d- won't result in anything <laughs> sort of, sort of a mentality. And I can't say I really blame them especially within the church when, you know, I mean, a lot of people really do view the church as being sort of like, you know, like, uh, like really, really set in their ways and unwilling to change sort of a thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, not that I think that people are failing to do like their duty or something like that, if they feel that way, or if they don't, you know, maybe call out, hypocrisy in a church but like i just say i can't really blame people for necessarily feeling powerless when it comes to that well i think that we don't blame people like like in the particular like here it isn't like people to blame no no, but i I think i agree we are failing each other by not calling each other out yeah each other in love in love sorry Um, i had the in love yeah no no it's it's a good it's a good um, point I yeah this is it's actually kind of funny also that we're we're talking so much about this because I got a message 
this week from one of my friends. Uh, I was talking to someone in the in the UMC who uh, passed on a message to me that said, T- "Tell her to keep causing trouble." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, what did I do?" <laughs> because goodness knows what I've done this time. And you know, of course, I'm like terrified. And and they sent back that the person was was saying that that I have a tendency to call out things that need to be called out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've ever felt more complimented than than when I got that message <sighs> because it was such a such a you know I sometimes calling people out all the time or or trying to hold people accountable is very very exhausting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that people like the the leadership I have talked to because there is a a movement of pastors I believe that do want to call these things out that do want to look at the hypocritical church and say listen mm-hmm. it's enough is enough we need to really start lining up with what we believe um, we get beaten down a lot and mm-hmm. we feel like jerks a lot of the time I you can ask Elijah how many times that uh, in in the gosh, however many years I've been in ministry now, I've come home and just been like, I'm a terrible person (laughs) because I'm doing it again, but I can't seem to keep my mouth shut. Um, But I also think, I think you're right. We don't do do ourselves any services Mm -hmm. by not calling each other out. And as much as it stinks to be, because I think realistically, it's, it's hard to find that balance. Right, because if you're always calling people out, then are nobody you... ever wants to be your friend. Well, nobody wants it, and nobody listens. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it's it's not effective, mm-hmm. well, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, look at the look at the like culture right now of you know social media, mm-hmm. and um, you know whether I mean definitely applies to you know the political climate and stuff too. But even outside of just that, like shame culture is such a, a huge thing right now. It, it, not, not necessarily the same type of shame culture um, that we talked it, about, that we talked about yeah. in regards to like church and how the church shames, you know, like people uh, for like religious reasons, but more just in terms of, it's not like there's an absence of, you know, people calling out leadership in today's society by any mm-hmm. means. Um, but sort of like what Ruth was saying earlier, holding holding each other and holding you know your peers and, and your, your leadership accountable, um, you know, in in love, like she said earlier, is you know can look a lot different than than just trying to shame everyone like around you that that you really disagree with, sort of a thing, mm-hmm. and sometimes sort of finding that that line between those two things can be a little difficult um, because I think, you know, I can't really blame people for being angry over, over a lot of, you know, a lot of things that uh, a lot of issues that people talk about now Mm -hmm. and and try to, you know, bring to the light, which I think is great. I can't blame people for being angry about it. Um, But, you know, if we're talking about the church and we're talking sort of about ourselves right now within the church, calling out our peers and and Mm -hmm. like our friends holding them accountable correctly. Um, I think that it's, it can be hard sometimes to, f- yeah, find the difference between just wanting to call people out and shame and shame them and, and make others feel 
awful and like put them beneath you mm-hmm. the difference between that and holding each other accountable out of out of love and out of you know a desire to make everyone better people i guess like sometimes it can be tough to like do that correctly and, and, and humbly you know what i mean well that that was gonna be uh, that, that's what i was saying was uh that yeah. tension between where where do you find the balance because on one level you can't assume you know everything right to no. come into well to, some of us can. okay no. <laughs> but like as somebody who tends to be more vocal and mm-hmm. calling people out where where sometimes i can go too far uh, for me personally is i can start to see my logic as being the only right logic and i need other people to also hold that tension with me and help to as well call me out and say yeah. hey you know we let's work through this together it's a good point the, yeah. the problem is that when you're the only voice that's that's doing that or or when you you really have to develop trust with people for this mm-hmm. you know what i yeah. mean yeah um which is why like when i talk about calling people out or talk about the hypocritical church i talk more about the institution because i think if you if you look at each individual person in a church no one's going to be perfect and we absolutely should not expect people to walk in our doors perfect. And mm-hmm. it is very harmful to do so. Uh, but I think we don't like to admit that as much. Mm. We want us to be perfect when we walk in the door. We want to portray this image of goodness, which is sort of what has happened to Christianity. Christianity has been equated to being a good person. When what Christianity is, is following Christ. Mm. Now, Christ calls you to be a good person <laughs> and is constantly working and transforming you into into what, what God would desire you to be. However, it isn't the same. Yeah. Right? It mm. doesn't, they don't equate to each other. And mm. the church has forgotten that. And the big appeal is like, oh, come be a Christian because we're the good people. It's like, no, no, actually, I know what ton of really yeah, awesome people who are not christians and sometimes the people i know who are not christians are way nicer than the people who i know are christians <laughs> and when we fail to when we when we basically have put all of our eggs in that one basket people are like you're not really that nice <laughs> like why would i be mm-hmm. it's kind of that yeah I don't know, but the example of uh, one rotten egg kind of ruins a whole bunch, even though mm-hmm. it's not really like that because it's, there may be a rotten egg, but there's a bunch of people with cracks, but it's all the people with cracks looking at the people who are on the outside saying, you're not like us, but it's the whole. But they all are like, yeah, right. And, and realistically the you're gospel, the gospel <laughs> message, we're all, eggs. <laughs> Sorry. we're all just eggs. Uh, the gospel message isn't saying um be perfect Mm -hmm. you will all be perfect or let's gather all the perfect people in the world together it's saying god loves you for who you are Mm -hmm. and is seeking to help transform you into into being the best possible person you can be the best follower of christ you know these are kind of like it's like when when we talk about in the church um especially in the methodist church uh, the difference between justification and sanctification, which are two very large, I'm gonna <laughs> very need Methodist a, um, terms. Yep, so outside of the church definition. Essentially, please. justification is like, okay, so what is it that makes you a Christian? Mm-hmm. At what point are you saved, right? 
um, basically like how you get that ticket to heaven. Uh, not, not literally. Don't, don't quote me on that. Um, oh. <laughs> so, sorry. I saw this horrible joke. Sorry. It's worth sharing at this point. Oh, no. um, and I'm sorry if this offends anybody. Um, essentially it was, um, standing at the gates to heaven. Uh, there's this, there's this man standing there and the first person walks up and he goes, hi, um, welcome to heaven. Um, what religion are you a part of? And he goes, oh, well, I'm a part of Judaism. And so he says, okay, uh, continue around the hall. Um, don't make noise as you pass door 17, but continue to door 89 or something like that. Then the next person comes along and he goes, oh, I'm a Christian. He says, okay, be quiet as you go past door 17, uh, continue on to door 112 or something like that. Then another person comes along and he tells him the same thing and he goes, I heard you tell the other two people in front of me to be quiet when they go past door 17. Why is that? And to which he gets responds and he says, well, the Catholics are on door 17 and they think they're, they're the only ones here. <laughs> I think it was pretty funny and relevant. Oh my, God. But that's, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not fully calling out Catholicism because it's, it's this whole idea of who gets into heaven. And the thing is, in Christianity, we, we believe we don't decide, or at least in the United Methodist Church probably other churches too but i'm not well versed enough to speak for everybody but we like god judges the heart not not us yeah, but, but we do believe that christ is the only way or the way the mm. truth the life um what that looks like and how that shakes out is very different mm. i mm-hmm. think depending on on who you talk to but but ultimately that's the thing that brings us together is christ mm. um yeah and and i think uh gosh that it's a, it's a pretty great joke, and I'm glad that I found it the other day. It's, it's fair. So so justification. <laughs> then sanctification is moving onwards towards... It, it's essentially that transformation process. Moving onwards towards perfection is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, because we believe that, in the Methodist Church specifically, we believe that Christ can... Through Christ, we can live a sinless life mm-hmm. here on earth as well as, as the next life. Um which is something that I think is relatively unique to to the Methodist Church, but um, or the Wesleyan denominations. So not just Methodist. Sorry, it's a lot. It's a lot right there. Mm-hmm. But um, this idea that it, to, I like I like talking about the sanctification process because it's the idea that it's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong journey. It's not just something that's like. All right, I got my ticket. <laughs> I'm good to go. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we're all going to mess up and fail. But I think a lot of us mix those up. And so they take this moment of, okay, I became a Christian today. Now I must be perfect in every way, shape, or form. And if I don't present myself that way, then I'm wrong. Which I think is pr- is pressure from the church itself. On, I don't even think it's intentional. In every church. I think a lot of times, though, that the, the, the perfection thing changes from I am wrong to they are wrong because mm-hmm. they're not like me. Yep. And I think right. that's kind of the important part there. It's it's mm-hmm. it's become a lot less of like what you described there would be striving for perfection because mm-hmm. it'd be the person noticing the imperfections in themselves. Whereas sometimes we don't notice them and we push them onto other people or other things mm-hmm. like that. And I think that's kind of where the hypocrisy mm-hmm. in all of it comes from, because we take this like thought of journey to 
an instantaneous perfection to mm-hmm. which I am better than all and I hold myself in a yes. higher esteem than all to which that's very hypocritical. That's very hypocritical because yeah. we're called to, you know, strive strive for perfection. We're mm-hmm. supposed to strive to be like mm-hmm. like Christ and love Christ like and all this kind of stuff. I, yeah. I, I think one of the funniest things is when people take the, the passage in scripture about um how how, <laughs> how can you how can you try to pull the splinter out of my eye when you have a when you have a plank in your mm-hmm. eye mm-hmm. sort of deal? Uh, you know, the whole point is how can you how can you tell me that? I mean, it's, it's more than just saying than telling people they're wrong, but it's just the idea of how, how can you try to to yell at other people basically for their wrongdoings and and, and their imperfections when you refuse to even act, at least acknowledge your own mm-hmm. and pretend that it's not there. And I, it's funny to see a lot of people take that passage and instead of actually take it for what the real meaning is, which is supposed to be you need to acknowledge your own, you know, mm-hmm. your own imperfections and your mm-hmm. own your own humanity. Um, and instead, what what I've seen some people do instead of that, they just say, oh, well, I have the splinter in my eye, but you have the plank in your eye <laughs> to, to oh. like completely turn it around, yeah. like to make it... Th- it's to just, make it the exact opposite of what its point is. It's Oof. just like the people who literally post things on Facebook that are like, oh my gosh, why is everyone always posting their drama on Facebook? I don't need that here. And you're like, but you just did. Mm-hmm. You literally just did the thing. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Because then it always ends with people being like, what's wrong? Oh my gosh, are you mm. okay? And then, then the drama gets mm, started. Yeah. But it's the same. No, I, th- I think it, you're right. It's I, It always ends up being. And, and in some levels, while I don't think that it's, I don't think it's only on, I mean, it is on us to reflect on our, our sins and our mistakes. I think mm. that's why we need a body of Christ, though, to help keep us accountable and that's why i add the in love because i think you know there are things about myself that i can't always see because i'm busy being ruth and weird um i don't know why i had to do that i just did (laughs) because i'm weird and i'm ruth um but like having somebody else to be able to help you be like hey you know this is something Mm -hmm. i'm seeing in you how can I help you with it? Not just like, how dare you, but much more of, and again, it has to be like a relationship that, that is a mutual trust Mm -hmm. established relationship, not random person coming up and being like, I don't like you. (laughs) I see you doing this wrong. How can I help you to not do this thing? I see you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's, I think that particular is what, what is being addressed in this plank versus, uh, sawdust is, is the people who sawdust (laughs) is that, that's what it is in the, is it spec? I said splinter. It might be spec of, I, now I'm going to, now I'm questioning everything. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, I I did it again. Why did you do this? Google. Um, I derailed this. I'm sorry. But I think that's where, where it's coming is this idea that like, it's not that we're not supposed to ever talk with other people about what is going on in their lives or call each other out ever it's that hey you're pretending like you're perfect but you got this really huge blank in your eye Mm -hmm. (laughs) what is it it is matthew 7 3 why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye Mm. so it was a speck and it was sawdust Mm -hmm. 
Sorry that it was not a splinter. I still love you, though. The stank carpenters. Um, Gosh, would you get the plank out of your eye? Jesus, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think um, it makes sense. It's Jesus is the carpenter. Yeah, you you just got. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, got. He it. was okay. calling, pulling it from his personal experience. How often did Jesus have planks? Do you in think? His eye? Do you think that was just like? Do you think that was just Jesus, like just talking with his friends, like? Like, <laughs> like, like making a joke about his occupation or something, but it ended up in scripture somehow. <laughs> Do you think it was just him rambling and talking about sawdust and planks because he's a carpenter? And then they were like, "Write that down. Put that in. Put that in the Bible. <laughs> write that down. Write that down." <laughs> I'm not answering that question. I don't, I don't know why it's so funny to me. I'm sorry. I, I refuse to answer that question until after I've already had my ordination interviews. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm so, I don't Just know why kidding. it's so funny to me. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Um. Well. Oh jeez. Uh. <laughs> Guys, things have devolved. Yeah, they have. Things oh, have devolved. Uh, we're struggle busting it. Listen, the moral of the story is. Ruth. <laughs> Gosh darn you. The handoff? <laughs> you, you guys get to have all the fun. And, no, okay, um, okay, fine. But no, I think I think the moral of the story is is very much so we need to we need to be willing to own who we are and own the fact that it's a journey and a process and mm-hmm. and start to not just use that as an excuse yeah. but to use that as a way to critically reflect upon who we are. Yeah, exactly. Is that a fair moral yeah. of the story? You two, I couldn't think of a good insult, but it's there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. No, that's, that's 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 essentially it, right? I mean, it's not just about saying "haha, I'm not perfect" to excuse things. It's just recognizing recognizing your own humanity, mm-hmm. and through that, recognizing the humanity in others. And if you actually truly do that, I, I would say you know, with good hearts and good intentions. I think you, your actions will reflect that, and those actions won't just be, you know, that of someone who is shaming everyone who's not like them, regardless of religion or whatever, but rather someone who acknowledges that they're not perfect, and neither is anyone else. So through that, and through through relationships, and through trusting people, and through, you know, following Jesus, that we better ourselves. Not just yourself, but others, you know, to, together, mm-hmm. yep. you know, that's, that's the whole purpose. Thank We've you. We've become and really great at running over time. We have. And I was actually just about to say, we are out of time mm-hmm. for today's episode, but we will continue this conversation on Thursday. I'd like to remind you as well that we have started doing a supplementary Bible study that goes along with this podcast. And if you want to find that, it's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Overcast, and I think some other ones that I don't know. But it comes out every Friday at 5 p.m. And it's under the name Church is Stupid. Comma, but Bible study. Bible study edition. Sorry, I didn't know if you wanted me to actually add that because you were like doing the whole like title of it for like people to like search for. But it's true. Um, And so it's yeah, it's available there and it's led by myself and myself. So you just get to listen to me for about 15 minutes. But it talks about some of the biblical reasons behind our episodes here and behind our hearts here at Church is Stupid. Come a butt. So from all of us here, I'm Ruth. I'm Andy. I'm Elijah. 
and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your week.